Well, hello everyone. We are here, and we are ready to go. I want to thank each and every one of you. Yeah, blip, blip. that's easy for me to say. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me today here on New Hope Radio, and I want you to know that the New Hope Radio podcast is just about to be underway, and this program will be a New Hope Radio podcast in just a matter of days. So that means that you can listen to New Hope Radio on demand anytime, anywhere, that we will be there and you can just get the Word of God anytime, because that's our goal. We want to teach people God's Word. We want to introduce you to Jesus and let you know that He's for you. He's not against you. He's on your side. We want to give you the hope that you need to continue to carry on through this, what can be a very difficult life. Let me ask you today, what is the most tragic thing that a Christian can do as a Christian? As a matter of fact, not only can a Christian do it, sadly, many Christians do. Many of them do this thing that we're going to speak about today. And what is that thing? Well, it's quitting on God. That's what it is. Today we want to teach you, man, don't quit on God. As important as it is to have a relationship with Him, it's that important that you don't quit on that relationship. We're going to take a look at a lady today. She met Jesus and she refused to quit. Even though things for her got worse instead of better after meeting Jesus. So we're going to see what she's all about. But before we do, have you joined the Hope Club? Here's how. Club is a membership of supporters of New Hope Radio heard daily here on WARV. Would you join the Hope Club and commit $3 a week? In return, you'll receive an audio file devotional in your email box every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll receive other bonuses as well. And of course, you'll have the joy of keeping New Hope Radio on the air. Just go to newhopecc.tv Scroll down to support, click e-giving, click choose fund, and then radio. Enough people joining the Hope Club will ensure that New Hope Radio stays on the air. And thanks for your support. And that is true. Thank you for your support. We love being here with you every day, Monday through Friday at 1230, Saturday at 3 o'clock as well. Okay? So today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to see a woman that is a Canaanite woman. She comes to Jesus. Here's what's happening. Jesus went away from where he was, and he went into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region, and she began to cry out to Jesus. And she was saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. (laughs) My my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. So here's a woman, by the way, she is a Gentile woman. She wasn't of the house of Israel. Jesus went to that area to get some rest. Matter of fact, whenever he went to find rest, he really found it. But I want you to notice the respect of this Gentile woman that she showed to Jesus. She called him Lord. Lord means master. She called him son of David. She understood him to be the promised Messiah. See, good news travels quickly. And the good news of Jesus, oh yeah, it was moving. Though she was a Gentile, 
You could say she had the heart of an Israelite. She was kind of like Jacob. Remember in Jacob, uh, in Genesis chapter 32, he was wrestling with the Lord, and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And they had this wrestling match, and they were wrestling all night long. This woman is kind of like that. She's got that kind of stamina. We're going to see how this plays out, the stamina and the perseverance that she has. Man, what we can learn from her. So she's crying out, oh, help me. My daughter is cruelly possessed. But Jesus didn't answer her a word. He didn't say anything. We don't even know if he looked at her. And his disciples came to him, and they kept asking him, saying, send her away. She's shouting out after us. She's bothering us. Send her away. You know, this lady comes to Jesus, and things are getting worse. Things are working against her. It looked like Jesus was against her. The disciples were certainly against her. They said, she's shouting after her. She's screaming. This lady is like a lunatic. Jesus, send her away. We don't need this. She cried out, and God was silent. People tried to get rid of her. Have you ever been there? Have you ever cried out and you felt God didn't hear? And did you ever feel like people wanted nothing to do with you? It makes you want to just quit everything, doesn't it? Even God. This lady was branded a nuisance. She's a nuisance. She's bothering us. They weren't interested in her plight. They were only interested in how she was affecting them. She was bothering them. And I want you to notice something important here, that Jesus didn't answer the request of the woman, but neither did he answer the request of the disciples. He didn't send her away. He just stood his ground. Perhaps he was really dealing more with the disciples than he was with the woman. He hasn't broken conversation with the woman. Finally, Jesus speaks up, and you know what he said? It wasn't very positive. He answered her and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know what he's saying to the woman? He's basically saying, I'm here to help people, but not you. I'm not here for you, honey. You're of the wrong tribe. Rejection. You know, for some people, that's the end of the line. Rejection. That's the pain that they can't endure. And you know what a common response after the pain of rejection would be? That's it. I'm out of here. I'm not going to take this anymore. I quit. I'm moving on. And that would have been a normal response. When you are rejected, and we've all been rejected in some way or another, I would think, think how much you are like Jesus. Who knows rejection more than the Lord? He came to his own, and his own received him not. 
In Mark chapter 12, Jesus said about himself, Have you not even read the scripture, the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. Jesus is saying, I'm the one that came to hold everything together, and I'm the one that they got rid of. See, the cornerstones in a building are the stones that overlap each other to hold the walls together. Jesus holds everything together, and he's the one that was rejected. And you know, when Isaiah was on the earth, he prophesied about Jesus, that he would be despised and forsaken, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, like one whom, from whom men hide their face. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. So Jesus knows what it is to be rejected. This woman knows what it is to be rejected. You and I know what it is to be rejected. But here's what we're going to learn today. Man, this lady has stamina. She does. She's not a quitter. She has stamina. And we're going to see why today. And we're going to see why what she had going for her. If you have that going for you, you know what? You're not going to be a quitter either. You won't quit. So we get to verse 25. And uh, Jesus answered and he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, verse 24. But she came and she began to bow down before him. And you know what she was saying to him? She said to him, Lord, help me. She wouldn't go away. She wouldn't quit. You know what she did? She drew closer. What? She drew closer to Jesus. She wasn't like, you know what? Forget you. I'm out of here. What kind of Messiah are you? She wasn't like that. She was. She came even closer and said, Lord, help me. Help me. Oh, she has stamina. Not only will she not quit, though rejected two times, but now she's worshiping him. She's worshiping him. She came and she bowed down before him. She paid him homage. You know, her respect for the Lord didn't diminish because she didn't get what she wanted. Oh, think about that. Her respect for the Lord didn't diminish because she didn't get what she wanted. The Bible said she bowed down. She did reverence. Lord, help me. Come to my aid. I have a problem. I'm in trouble. And why is it that this woman wouldn't quit on God? Here's the key, folks. This is it, man. This is the key to life. She wasn't there for herself. She was there for someone else, her daughter. That's why she wouldn't quit. She wasn't there for her. She was there for her daughter. You see, she would go farther for someone else than she would for herself. And so would many of you that are listening today. Many of you, you would do wonderful things for others that you would not necessarily do for yourself. You would spend money on someone that you loved that you wouldn't spend on yourself, 
right? You might buy a gift for someone very expensive. You never spend that much money on yourself. But you do that. Why? Because you love that other person. You love them, okay? You go out for lunch. It's lunchtime at work. You're going to go to Chick-fil-A. But when you want to take someone out you love, you bring them to uh, Capriccio's. You bring them to a nice Italian restaurant where the food is fine and everything's fresh, right? Why? You're going to spend five times as much. But you do it because you're doing it for someone else. That's the beauty here. She would go farther for someone else than she would for herself. This woman wouldn't quit because she was there for her daughter. And I want you to see how closely she is tied to her daughter. Remember back in verse 22? Behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region, and she began to cry out. And here's where she first met Jesus. And she said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me. What is she saying? She's saying that the pain that her daughter feels... Oh, man, that's her pain, too. She's feeling the pain that her daughter is feeling. That's how closely connected. Down in verse 25, nothing changes. She bowed down before him, saying, Lord, help me. She didn't say, oh, Lord, help my little daughter. Oh, my little daughter's in desperate need. She needs you. No, help me. Because she was that tied to her daughter. She was that connected, like any parent is connected to their child. She and her daughter are inseparable. The pain that her daughter feels is her pain. She feels the very same pain. So here she is. Here comes Mama for her daughter. She comes to the Lord. She asks for help. For her daughter, Jesus doesn't answer her. And the disciples say, get rid of her. But she keeps asking. And the Lord says, listen, honey, I'm not here for people like you. But because she's not there for herself, she's there for someone else, she persists. And you know the great thing about Jesus? Jesus doesn't give in either. Jesus is like, he doesn't quit on her, just like she doesn't quit on him. Not at all. You know what? This is great. We've got two people with great stamina, with great perseverance. So Jesus, he's still talking to her. And he's going to really ramp it up now to really get her feathers ruffled. Not only does he not give in, he kind of insults her. He said in verse 26, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. (laughs) He He calls her a dog. How many of us would have gotten that far? How many of us would have gotten to this point without leaving Or how many would have, at this point, let's say, that's it, I am done with you. 
I am done with this church thing. I am done with this Christianity thing. I am done with this Jesus thing. I have had it. This is not what I want. It's not going the way I want. I am out of here. Probably most people would would fail at that point. But this lady, oh, she's got stamina. And when Jesus said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, the word for dogs is the word kunarion, and it means a little dog. And maybe he's thinking of a cute little dog, not a wild, vicious dog. And the point is, though, that the children of Israel must be fed before the dogs. Jesus is saying that the kids eat, and the dogs get the scraps. The dogs, like... They don't eat until everybody else in the family eats. And then after rejection, refusal, and being made to feel inferior, you know what she becomes? Witty. I love this lady. She becomes witty. And you know what she said? Oh, yes, Lord. Still calling him Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Are you kidding me? This lady is a witty lady. Lady, you know why? She knows what she wants. And she's not going away until she gets it. I love that. She knows what she wants. And she's not going away until she gets it. Then she turns her wit into optimism. Even the dogs get something. You want to call me a dog? Fine. Woof, woof. Even the dogs get something. The master takes care of the dogs after he takes care of the children. So I've got great faith. And then in verse 28, then Jesus. You know what that little phrase, then Jesus, means? Oh, we get a turn of events coming. The tide is going to change. Now, don't forget, the disciples, they're like watching this thing. They're like, what's going on here? Oh, man, Jesus better watch out. This lady's going to pick up a rock. Why is he, you know, it's like, hey, he should have got rid of her a long time ago. This thing's really escalating. And then Jesus answered, he said to her, Oh, woman, your faith is great. Oh, you you got great faith. Be it done for you as you wish. You know, it seems like Jesus was waiting for something before he answered her request. He was waiting. He was looking for something. You know what he was looking for, I believe? Faith. He was looking for faith. See, God is always looking for faith. Faith is really important to God. And by the way, faith is not conditional. Faith is not like, well, I have faith because I got what I want, and I don't have faith because I didn't get what I want. No, faith is non-conditional. Either you have faith or you don't. Either you trust in God or you don't. God told Abraham, bring your son to sacrifice on Mount Moriah. And Abraham did. He had faith that God would do something. God let Abraham and Sarah wait for years for their promised child the child came. Jesus waited three days before coming to the tomb of Lazarus 
who had died. See, Jesus is always looking for faith in people. I think he wants to know if, if people have faith because of who he is or because of what he does. Think about that. Do you have faith in the Lord because of who he is or because of what he does? Oh, if he does great things for me, I have great faith. But if he doesn't do anything for me, I don't, I don't, don't have much faith. Like like they say, is it about the gift or is it about the giver? If you didn't have the gift, would you still want the giver? If you didn't have the answered prayer, would you still love the Lord? Would you still want Jesus? See, that's the key. That's faith. Faith is non-conditional. Faith is because I know Jesus. Faith comes from knowing the Lord. And how much he really does love you, demonstrated by the cross of Calvary. Back in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord, they move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. What does that mean? That he's looking for people whose heart belongs to God. Who does your heart belong to? Does your heart belong to your Corvette? to your golf clubs, to your career, to your hobby, does it belong to Jesus? Who's got your heart? Why is he looking for faith? (laughs) Bible tells us faith pleases God. God loves faith. You know, when, when people put faith in God, the angels are probably like, wow. They're impressed. You know why? The angels have seen God. They don't walk by faith. They've seen God. They know God. They know him personally. But we haven't seen God. And that's why faith is so important to God. God loves faith. And it pleases him. There are times in our lives when things just don't look good. Have faith. Have faith. Exercise faith. Because faith pleases God. So, You know, we look at this story. Why does God let things get worse before they get better? Why did he let this lady go through all of this verbal abuse before he answered her prayer? I can only think of he's looking for the kind of faith that pleases him. What kind of faith pleases God? Here it comes. Great faith. Great faith. Great faith. Faith pleases God. And how does one continue to live for God even when things don't go your way? How do you, here it is, how do you like not quit on God? That's the key. How do you not quit? Do you realize how many people have expressed faith in God and they walked with God and then at some point in their life they just like dropped the whole thing? They quit. Why does that happen? Why do people quit on God? You know why? Because they're not walking with God for someone else. They're walking with God for themselves. See, there's a beautiful life lesson here with this lady in her exchange with Jesus. She was there for her daughter. She was there for her daughter. If she was there for herself, maybe she would have got to the point and said, you know what, I'll stay demon-possessed, I don't care. 
I don't care. I'll just stay like this. But when you're there for someone else, you go the extra mile. You really do. You don't quit. You don't give up. You're there to save someone else. So here's a beautiful key to life, and this will help you to never quit on God. Don't live for yourself. Do it for someone else. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, the harvest, he's talking about souls. Oh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, there's only a few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into the harvest. And what's he saying? Pray that God will raise up more people to make Jesus known. That he'll raise up more people that will live for Jesus for the sake of others. The Christian life is not about living for yourself. It truly is about living for others. That's the Christian life. This is how you folks not quit. This is how you don't quit. You do it for others because you know it. You would do things for others that you would never do for yourself. You would. There are things that you wouldn't do for you, but you do them for someone else because you love them. So maybe you don't feel like living the Christian life anymore for you. Then do it for others. Do it for the people that are looking at you. Do it for the little children that are watching your life. Do it for your friends that aren't yet saved. When you go through life for the sake of others, you'll find that it's not easy to quit on God. It's not. Because you've got others in mind. Hey, what did Paul say about Jesus? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy? (laughs) It was us. Jesus didn't have his mind on himself. He had his mind on us. He, He lived his life for others. He dedicated his life for the cause of others, for the sake of others. That's what he did for us. And he was successful. It's not easy to quit on God when you live your Christian life for others. Because you see, you're not in it for what you can get out of it. You're in it because Others need you to be in it. Think about how important your Christian walk is to the life of other people, to the people that might be new believers, to the people that might not even be believers, to the people that could be struggling believers. Oh, your life is so important to them. Maintain your walk with God because of them, and you'll find out that it's really, really difficult to quit. It really is. Oh man, let this resonate with you. I hope you find it helpful and I'm looking forward to being with you next time on New Hope Radio.